Hello, everyone. Welcome to Minghui Radio, bringing you podcasts of stories relating to the persecution of Falun Gong in China, insights and experiences gained by practitioners during the course of their cultivation, special items of interest, and music composed and performed by Dafa practitioners. The following is an experience sharing article from the 2023 Mid U.S. Falun Dafa Experience Sharing Conference, entitled "Finding My Way in the Middle of Chaos" by a Falun Dafa practitioner in the U.S. The article was published on the Minghui website on August 19, 2023. I was born in Mexico into a family of six. We lived in abject poverty and barely had what we needed to survive. My father was a migrant worker who was constantly traveling to the United States for seasonal work. My mother always told me to go to school and get good grades so that I could develop a career, find a good job, and have a good future. I studied hard and was very competitive, and I made good grades. In 2001, we came to the United States permanently. The culture shock and language barrier made daily life extremely difficult. I didn't even know how to say hello or ask for directions. After many hours of study and practice, I was able to overcome these obstacles. I learned English in a fairly short period of time, and often I would help translate for my parents when they needed it. After finishing high school, I was accepted into a university on a scholarship and became the first person in my family to obtain a college degree. After graduating, I met a young woman and got married. We moved to a different city, and both of us were able to find work. Everything seemed to be going well on the surface, but despite my apparently good life, I always felt something was missing. There was an emptiness inside that was sometimes overbearing. My heart felt heavy, as did my physical body, and I could not understand why. I had no guidance or support to help me cope with this all-consuming depression, and it started affecting my relationship with my wife. We fought and argued all the time, and eventually our marriage ended. It was a very difficult blow for both of us. And I sought refuge in mundane activities like watching TV, overeating, excessive use of social media, and playing video games. I thought that earning a good salary and buying material things were what made a person successful. I studied many self-help experts and systems in the areas of finances and personal development in an attempt to improve myself and my circumstances, and I could not have been more wrong. I traveled to China for a vacation in the fall of 2019, and upon returning to the United States, I heard about the new coronavirus that soon spread throughout the world. During the pandemic, my job was considered essential, so I was fortunate that I kept my job and maintained a good standard of living. It was also during this time that a colleague talked to me about Falun Dafa. As a practitioner, he advised me to recite the words "Falun Dafa is good" to protect me from harm. At first, I didn't pay much attention, but after attending the Shenyun show for the first time, I learned more about Dafa and recited the words every day on the way to work and again after I came home at night. I didn't have much knowledge, but I saw many people get sick, friends and family members alike. I was shocked and afraid of what might happen to me. My grandmother passed away as a result of complications from COVID in 2020. Then, in 2022, my oldest brother, who was suffering from a degenerative condition, suddenly got sick and also died of COVID. It was a very difficult time for the family, mourning these losses and making their funeral arrangements. I became depressed and developed a terrible temper. 
Not knowing where to turn, I went back to my old ways. I had dinner with some friends one night, and on the way home, I remembered our arguing about poor service at the restaurant. I had negative thoughts about this encounter, and was very anxious. A while down the road, I rounded a corner and ran straight into another car. I woke up still in my car, and I suddenly began to shift from a negative to a righteous mindset, and remembered that I need to have compassion and forbearance. The driver of the other vehicle came over to my car and asked me to lower the window. I was visibly shaken and he asked me if I was okay. I began crying and as tears rolled down my face, he consoled me and said that everything was going to be okay. When the officer came to file the report, he told me that he was not going to issue me a fine. He also helped me have my car towed over to a repair center and drove me home. No one was injured in the accident. I now believe Master was watching over me and guiding me in these difficult times. One afternoon, while things were slow, I began to think about the words, Falundafa is good. I never caught COVID and had been saved from danger countless times. Suddenly my interest started growing and I started reading the main book of Falundafa, Juan Falun, on the falundafa.org website. I learned about the Creator's love for all life and I purchased a hard copy of Chuan Falun. I also started reading the Minghui website, where I learned about current events and got more guidance. I no longer feel empty, and I have received a lot of encouragement from other practitioners, and I've gradually begun to study and cultivate. Over the past two years, I've volunteered for different activities like distributing flyers for Shenyun and watching the bus overnight. As I gain more understanding and my cultivation improves, I'm grateful for Master's arrangement for my life and to have been able to help save others. I no longer feel depressed or anxious, and my interest in financial gain, material things, and social media have completely vanished. I hope to come back one day to the communities where I grew up and help others by telling them about truthfulness, compassion, and forbearance. I will tell them that they can also learn what Falun Dafa is all about and be saved. Thank you, Master. sharing article entitled Hospital Department Head Letting Go of Personal Gain by a Falun Dafa Practitioner in China. The article was published on the Minhui website on May the 5th, 2023. I began practicing Falun Dafa in 1994. After my mother suggested I try it, I was in my early 20s and did not realize how precious this opportunity was. I cultivated half-heartedly thinking I had ample time. Since I was still young, after giving birth to my first child, I suffered three episodes of high fever. Most people would have hurried to see a doctor, but I knew Master Lee, Falandafa's founder, was adjusting my body and eliminating my karma. So I worked on elevating my character, reading the teachings and practicing the exercises. My fever disappeared the following day. A severe rash then appeared all over my body. 
I even had large itchy bumps on my palms and soles, and scratching them only worsened the itch. My face and eyelids became swollen, and my eyes turned red. Everyone who saw me advised me to seek treatment immediately. I let go of my vanity and fear of death, put my faith in Master, read the far, and practiced the exercises. Within a week, my rash completely disappeared. I later experienced severe wheezing and breathlessness. Being unable to fall asleep one night, I thought, I know a person who died of asthma. If I suffocate to death, won't I be tarnishing Darfur's reputation? I woke up my husband, who is also a practitioner. He reassured me, everything will be fine. Go back to sleep. I let go of my worries and fell asleep. When I woke up the next morning, I was fine. Practitioners understand that these diseases are manifestations of karma. By reading the teachings and cultivating one's mind, karma will be eliminated. Part 1. Being a good doctor Once I treated an elderly man from a rural farming village. He had a severe cough and shortness of breath for many years. Having sought medical treatment for his condition throughout the region, he was physically and mentally exhausted. I carefully took his medical history conducted a physical examination and selected the most appropriate diagnostic tests to confirm his diagnosis. I then chose the most effective yet inexpensive drugs. I advised him that his disease could be cured and taught him how to use an inhaler. Besides counselling him on the necessity for long-term treatment to control his chronic illness, I told him he could purchase the same medication at a pharmacy. If the medication worked well, he could return to my clinic a few months later and I could adjust his treatment as needed. My compassionate care touched him. In another case, after cleaning out her cooker, a woman's throat swelled and she had trouble breathing. Emergency treatment did not help and she was admitted to the hospital. We struck up a friendly conversation while I examined her and she offered me a protective pendant she got from a temple. I told her, with master's protection, I have no need for pendants. I then told her the truth behind the persecution of Falindafa and advised her to say, Falindafa is good. Truthfulness, compassion, forbearance is good. After silently reciting the phrases, she exclaimed, It really works. I can breathe freely. Just minutes before, she had difficulty speaking, but she was now able to speak in complete sentences. We became good friends. This woman and her daughter soon quit the CCP organisations they belonged to. One patient had been coughing up yellow phlegm and had a persistent fever for months. A few days of intravenous antibiotics eliminated his symptoms, but his fever recurred. He was diagnosed as having a lung cancer at another hospital based on CT scan results. He came to me for a second opinion and after careful examination, I felt his condition was not suggestive of lung cancer. I arranged for a bronchoscopy and during the examination we found 
and extracted a large peanut shell from his trachea. The patient made a complete recovery afterwards. Having undergone recent surgery for severe head trauma, the man could not remember when he ate the peanut shell. To earn more money, some specialists bill patients for their first consultations. They then make them undergo laboratory tests, withhold the results and only disclose the diagnosis during subsequent consultations, which require more fees. Some doctors claim their actions are justified and reflective of the expert knowledge they gained over the years. However, this does not take into consideration the anxiety patients experience in the interim while waiting for news about their condition. I prescribed only ascension laboratory tests and diagnostic examinations according to the patient's situation. I review the test results on the same day to issue a diagnosis and treatment plan. If the test results are delayed, my patients can find me for a follow-up consultation without having to re-register. This not only saves on registration fees, but also reduces the patient's psychological burden. Part 2. Twists and Turns in My Promotion Journey during my appraisal for the title of Senior Medical Consultant in 2004, I had just returned from further studies with several published papers under my belt. I felt passing this appraisal would be a breeze. There was another colleague working in the same department with similar qualifications, but she was careless in her work. The team leader routinely criticised her. She was busy raising her children and unable to publish a decent paper. Our human resources department just barely recommended her for the appraisal of the senior title. Unexpectedly, during her oral exam, the assessor only asks her simple questions. When she failed to answer some, the assessor kindly reassured her, it's fine, you just needed to answer one question correctly. My colleague passed the test smoothly. In contrast, my oral exam comprised questions based on an esoteric topic. I answered one question correctly, but the assessor refused to acknowledge my answer. So I failed to pass that round of exams. When I heard I failed, I felt aggrieved and complained to the relevant authorities like an ordinary person. My feelings were triggered by jealousy. My colleague bribed her assessor before the test and I thought she had obtained her title by robbing me. In reality, I was overconfident and failed to adequately prepare for the exam. The following year, I submitted my application again for the same title. My colleagues advised me, it has become the norm to visit your assessor, introduce yourself and bribe them. Even if you don't do it, others will. Those who don't will fail the exams. I resolved to let go of my attachment to personal gain and place my trust in master's arrangements. The questions this time around remained highly esoteric and many candidates were unable to answer them. I was very nervous, so I failed to answer the questions completely. After the exam, I thought, it's over, I failed again. On my way home, a stranger asked me for directions. 
As we were heading in the same direction, I walked with him for a stretch while clarifying the facts behind the persecution of Fallon Daffer. He was shocked. That evening, a deputy director of the hospital called me. He happened to be one of the assessors this year. Upon seeing my unsatisfactory performance, he met with the other assessors and expounded on my regular stellar performance, my efforts to keep up with the latest medical techniques, and how I already fulfilled the qualifications for the title. With this help, I unexpectedly passed the exam. Part 3. Managing a Medical Department I take my job seriously because I know my performance will influence people's impression of Fallon Daffer. My disregard for obtaining benefits has been praised by my superiors. After obtaining the title of Senior Consultant in 2013, I was transferred to work under a colleague who had passed the oral exam earlier than me. As head of the department, she was proud of her position, although she handled her work carelessly. As I was indifferent to fame and wealth, I continued to work hard. Over time, she felt I posed a threat to her position and tried to remove me from her department. I could not understand why, as I had previously put in extra hours at work to help get her through a very difficult period when she was short on staff. I decided to leave and went to an auxiliary department. I let go of my pride as a senior consultant and just worked conscientiously, like everybody else, enduring hardships and fulfilling tasks assigned by our leader. Whenever I encountered unfair situations, I looked inwards. In 2018, the hospital director promoted me to head my current department. The previous department head had been removed due to his selfish, self-centred attitude. The department suffered from outdated practices, was overstaffed in some areas and was inefficient. Many capable staff opted to leave the department. After resolving to manage this department well, I reformed the performance distribution policy, rewarded those who worked hard, punished those who were lazy, handled issues impartially, showed empathy and established an upright environment. I also conducted training sessions using actual case studies in order to improve the skills of my staff. During the three years of the COVID outbreak, the staff in our department selflessly helped each other. We managed to retain capable staff and even welcomed elite staff from other departments who chose to join us. Even staff who chose to venture abroad for postgraduate studies returned to our department to work after graduation. As our department continued to expand, we took in more work and improved our efficiency. Interestingly, the colleagues who passed the oral exam earlier than me was assigned to my department as my subordinate. I ignored the way she treated me before and treated her as my equal. I discussed key issues with her and made sure she had a share in any benefits. She expressed admiration for my orderly, cohesive department. Motivated by this positive atmosphere, she helped me resolve many issues. A year and a half later, she returned to her managerial position as head of another department. We now enjoy a close working relationship 
Through this incident, I realised the importance of treating others with sincerity, tolerance and patience. For the past 28 years, Master and Falun Dafa have moulded my character to the standards of truthfulness, compassion, forbearance. Having understood the meaning of life, I am determined to walk my path and cultivate to enlightenment. Thank you for listening to the Minghui Radio Podcast. For more information, including news about the persecution of Falun Gong practitioners in China and experience sharing stories by practitioners around the world, please visit our website at en.minghui.org.